0: Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads show. Do you find yourself thinking about nerds? Do you want to beat nerds all the time? Do you sometimes... I
1: don't know, whatever Dynasty House would say, listen to the Dynasty Crossroads, I hope you beat the nerds. Let's go. Yeah! Chicken a crow, crow,
0: chicken a crow, crossing the... Yeah! Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T.R.A.D. I'm an addict,
1: and I need it in my veins, I'm an addict, otherwise I feel plain now. Every day I wake up, people got a problem, making all these trades up, got me saying I got him. but I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom, see I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum, so what it cost them? just a couple of firsts, can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk, but I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first, you can curse all you want praying your church but i'ma keep tapping Return. turn i went up i learned i ain't trying to burn any bridges i yearn for the feeling i earned i'ma win it's a turn you had a cheek before i drop you like the beat. i an addict and i'm not really ashamed i'm an addict i'm reclining with the brain i'm an addict and the pot is what i'm playing i'm an addict russ and brian are the names
0: trade at x5 let's go I'm Scott Silbo,
1: and I have a trading problem.
2: I'm Nick Stolkin, and I have a trading problem.
1: And I'm Ross Batko, and I too have a trading problem. Oh, baby.
0: Trade Addicts, Session 120. We have three of us here tonight, today, this morning. Whenever you're listening to it, we're recording at night. So here we are tonight, as of right now. A familiar voice, Mick Stolkin, is with me tonight. And then we have the third leg of our tripod, Mr. Ross Batko himself. He is here with us making his first appearance on Trade Addicts Podcast. We are popping his cherry. And, uh Ross, welcome to the
1: podcast, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here.
0: We're going to have... um a little bit different show tonight, actually. We will, of course, talk about some Trade Addicts trades, as we always do. We'll cover the news. Uh, but our main event is going to be something a little bit different tonight. So uh, Mick, Ross, and myself, we own a company called The Dynasty Roast. And what we do is we break down people's leagues. Uh, basically, just we have a couple different ways that we go about it. I do a, a ranking system based on positional group um we all have a little bit different method and then we combine them together and uh it's just something fun to do that we started doing on our own leagues and then people started reaching out and we're like hey could you do that for our league and you know next thing you know it's just grown into this uh pretty cool thing here that we're just uh getting off the ground and well we're very excited for it so we get to do a little bit of uh roast tonight for you guys we're gonna do trade addicts three um that uh league and we're gonna we're not gonna do the full roast because obviously we don't want to take super long on it, but you'll you'll get the main idea. Uh we'll break down a few different things and and kind of go over that. Um but anyway, we'll get to that in a little bit. So first, let's start with our interview before we get into the news. So so Ross, since you are new to the Trade Addicts podcast, we are going to do the famous Trade Addicts interview. So let's let's start with a couple softballs here uh you know how long have you played fantasy and how long have you played dynasty well
1: my first uh, fantasy league was right around the turn of the century you know 2000 get the old yahoo up back in the oh, days okay. where you would set your pre- rankings and then you you know if they would draft 40 in the middle of the night you'd wake up and check to see who you got on your team and then That's for awesome. some reason some of these like good players didn't get picked for whatever so whoever's up furliest gets the first dibs on them you know back in the old days before we realized you could actually do a live offline draft and then just input the results later so oh, those, are, those are some fun first couple years um yeah so i've been playing since 2000 and then dynasty uh my first startup was 2006 lucked into the 101 and took good old ladanian tomlinson and then oh. got drew breeze like ninth or tenth round when he was first year in new orleans lucked into him and it was a great foundation for several years got a i think at one point i finished second place in like three years in a row kind of felt like the buffalo bills of the early 90s but it was a it was a good foundation and so ever since then you know i've just been like you know a redraft they're okay but dynasty's where it's at
0: that is that is amazing yeah those uh those were definitely the days i'll never forget um you know ladanian and man the guy was just absolute monster. So to start a dynasty, I had not played dynasty uh, that early. So I, that's man, I can't even imagine starting with that. How long did you end up having him? Like how you know he played
1: what ten years? Oh, I'm pretty sure I had him oh. until he went to the Jets. You had okay, all right. And, wow. and back then there wasn't a, you know it was a it's a home league, so there wasn't a whole lot of trading. And that's one of those guys like you're not you're not pry the hand my cold dead hands off of this guy. You're not touching him. He's. I'm scoring everybody every week, so
0: no doubt that is amazing. Oh man! All right. Well, with that, you've definitely have an uh, extensive experience with Dynasty, so I'm sure that you've come up with a couple uh, best worst trades. Um, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear some old school ones if you can think of anything old school. But but honestly, whatever whatever you got, man. You tell you. T- uh,
1: I don't know how old school it is, but I, the first thing that popped in my head was going back in the summer of 2016. Uh, Michael Floyd had just come off a pretty decent year. You know, I think he was a second or third year receiver. And so I was able to flip him for Zach Ertz and uh, 2017 first pre-draft. And it was like, yo, this is a young tight end. You know, I don't know what he's going to do. Michael Floyd's up and coming receiver. And I had a lot of receivers like I, I need a tight end. And I was, you know, it was kind of one of those home league things. I get the first before people realize how valuable they are. So that one turned out well. And then five days later, a tight end needy team, um, you know, had ex- extra tight ends now. So I was able to flip Julius Thomas for Stephon Diggs after his rookie year. Straight up, <laughs> it's a <laughs> home a league nice trade, combo. but I mean, that was a week of like, man, <laughs> this is perfect trade for a week, it's perfect you could ask for. It.
0: That's a nice combo right there. I love that back to back. That's that's a beauty. Uh, I'm surprised you started with such good ones. Cause I mean, that's great. Uh, that'll, that'll leave such a, a sweet memory, you know, but now you're going to tell us about a bad one. So, Oh, well, that, I mean,
1: everybody's got bad trades. So I mean, yeah. it's not like we're all <laughs> legendary over here. So, <laughs> so actually, you know, I was thinking about this, like there's been so many bad trades over the years. I don't want to be too embarrassed. So I'm just going to go a little bit different angle on this, that sometimes the worst trades you make, the worst trades are the ones that you actually don't make. So, yep. Agreed. Probably be about February of last year. You know, Todd Gurley's coming off of two straight number one running backs. And you know, he's got a little injury history going into the playoffs. People are kind of not sure if he's, you know, I was a, a Gurley truth. No, he's going to bounce back. He'll be fine. You know, I'm not going to sell low on him. So I had an offer sitting there for, um, it was uh, Robert Woods. Um, Mark Ingram, Chris Carson in a 2021st for Gurley. This is like February. And I'm like, nah, Gurley's going to bounce back. I want to hold on to this guy. You know, lead me. And then you know, you the season that Gurley had last year, and I just, I wish I had just hit accept on that. You know, man, I would have been set up. I'm pretty sure Ingram outscored him. You know, Woods yeah. is always solid. Chris Carson, and and it could have had the extra first this year. So came back to bite me on that one.
0: Yeah, I mean that's. That's rough. I mean, it's. I guess it could be worse because I mean, you still got production out of him, so it's not like you got a zero. You know, what I mean. so Yeah, I think I think it's
1: more just the, the value drops so drastically that.
0: For sure. Yeah. I
1: thought I I thought I was selling low, and actually it turned out it was selling high. So it's just one of those kind of kind of gauger ones. I I could throw in an extra one here that's you know pretty bad. A yeah, that's
0: man. In let's my uh, in my
1: home league, you know, I thought I was all set on wide receivers. I'm like, oh. Josh Gordon, man, he looks great for the Browns. He's going to have a bounce-back season, you know, the is coming in. Oh, Juju had a year. I'm going to sell high before he drops off. So I, I'm pretty sure I flipped him. I got a third back with Gordon. But I'm pretty sure I flipped Juju for Josh Gordon the third just to kind of change it up and, and buy into that hype. And
0: yeah, like yeah, that off. that hurts. That hurts. You know, I mean, there's, you know, there's definitely worse. You know, there's definitely worse, but that, that... – Man, taking those zeros, not fun.
1: Not fun at all. No, no,
0: man. All right. Well, for you, in uh, since this is the trade addicts podcast, you have a guiding principle that you know, maybe just a general theory, something you know, that you try to do in general or something specific. You know, what I would take this any direction you want to go.
1: Yeah, so when I'm looking at trades, I I tend to kind of go with my gut. You know, if there's a guy that I think is going to maybe outperform, you know, I'm willing to pay even if, you know, third party looking onto the trade might think, what is this guy doing? You know, why is he making this trade? I just have a gut feeling, um, you know, kind of go with your gut if you believe in a guy. Um, don't worry about others' opinions and, you know, just kind of learn from your mistakes as you go. Um, you know, you might you might trade for someone that you believe in, but you could have got more on them if you just kind of read the market value on them. Um, but I also think that, you know, kind of making your team better is more important than quote unquote winning a trade. Um, you know, I, I, I'll hark back to a couple of years ago, whenever Chark was a DJ Chark was a rookie. Our um, boy. I think it was. uh Who was it? I think it was Westbrook that maybe went down in the the preseason. So it was kind of like, oh, this is Chark. He might step up. And I had been, you know, I didn't draft Chark where where he went in the draft, but I was kind of like, man, the more I read about this kid, I think he's going to step up and do something. So I ended up trading him um, or I ended up trading for him in a second round pick. And I gave up my first and everyone in my league's like, this is the dumbest trade. What are you doing? And, you know, a year later, it's like, oh, I missed out on what. Paris campbell and i got dj chark and you know justice hill for it so it's just one of the things if you believe in a guy you know just take the beating from your league mates and pick your gun and, and laugh as the, as the time goes on and they realize that you're right all along
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh you yeah, know that definitely makes sense to me i'm I'm with you there it's not always about winning the trade you know just make, make your team better and and keep those relationships too man like sometimes you know you're you know, there's this guy I you know named Mick who will just trade with anybody and just, you know, destroy leagues. But you know, I don't, I don't know. We, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, you know, let's let's maybe uh, jump into the next segment here. Mick, you want to help us out? The news. That's all you got? That's it? Do you, want, uh, do
2: you want me to do better? Yeah. yeah. The news. <laughs> oohs, oohs. <laughs>
0: Where's that sound machine when you need it, man? This is
1: Bane giving you the news.
0: There, there, yes, <laughs> so you. Like you. Come on. Let's get some let's have some spice here. You know? Jeez. All right. Well, a couple things happened this week. Um, you know, we'll talk about a few things here. I guess we we could say the um obligatory, you know, we're here to talk about fantasy and um you know not not personal but if if you guys want to say anything about it absolutely um i i will always stand up for what i believe in and um definitely anything that happened with Darius guys i think it's nice to see Ron Rivera come in and change the culture there a little bit and just say like honestly we don't really care what happened we just don't condone anything about it and you're out and so i do like to see that and i know Ron Rivera i mean i grew up in chicago i i know i grew up with Ron Rivera, man, as a player and a coach and everything. So I have, I have the utmost respect for him and to see him come in and change a culture like that. I really do appreciate it. Um, as a fan, you know, just to not give that black eye on the game. So, um, it was good to see, but obviously he's a guy that is polarizing as it is. For, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, there's a lot of truthers out there and um and there are a lot of people that think he's just done. So uh, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, what I mean, first of all, what do we do with guys? You, you just sell gotta, you gotta hold him at this point or are you cutting him or what?
2: Sell him if you can. I uh I'm in over thirty leagues and I Ross can attest to this. I've been pounding the tail for guys all offseason. Um, luckily I haven't been able to buy him in as many spots as I wanted to. So I only ended up having four shares of him. Uh, two of them I've sold for one I sold for a second and Chris Thompson and the other I sold for a second and like a 2022 20, fourth or something. Um, but I was just happy to get the second. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, I, at this point, I don't think he's going to play again in the NFL. And if he does. It's not going to be as a starter. He'll have to work his ass off to get starter reps or even a backup role, to be honest. Um, I mean, one, he has to stay healthy, which is a question mark in itself. And then two, he has to get a team, which now is going to be hard with the influx of the young talent, especially from this past rookie year. And then all of the free agents that are going to be coming up next year between Chris Carson Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, if those two don't get re-signed, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, I mean that right there is probably the strongest free agent class at running back that we've seen in the past decade. Um, so he's going to be competing with that on top of the whole legal issues which, if, if he gets convicted, I don't know what the penalty is, but um, it'll be a while before we figure out what a suspension is. I mean, we just now learned what AB's suspension was, and all of his drama took place last offseason. So I'd sell him if you can. Um, If not, hang on to him, but he's going to be a roster clogger for at least another year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think how many times do we see these guys that have an issue, they get cut by their team, and then they get picked up somewhere else and are productive? I mean, it's just... It's stupid but it's true and it's not always, you know, fantasy relevant. I mean, I think I can think of a lot of defensive players where that was the case. Um and, you know, I, I personally I'm probably just going to hold right now if I I only have a couple of shares at this point anyway, uh I'll probably just hold unless somebody wants to give me like a second or something, I'll probably take it or probably even a third. Um but I don't know. What do you what do you think, Ross? What are
1: you doing with guys? Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. You know, what's the lowest you would take? Because for me, I would take a second all day, like, you know, mix said in those trades. But if it's a third or later, I'm probably just going to hold and see if if someone, you know, picks him up, he starts doing his social media workouts, and all of a sudden there's a little bit of more, you know, helium to guys is coming back. You know, you never know, too, with this legal stuff. It's like, you know, I'm kind of a person that probably falls into, you know, too much against it to where I, I don't want to roster these guys because I just don't want to root for them on my fantasy team. Sure. But, you know, at the same time, especially lately, there's two sides to every story, and I, I kind of want to hold that judgment until I kind of get more more facts on the situation. I know what he's accused of. Obviously, it's terrible if true. Um, but, you know, even even if it's one of those things where I, I don't want him on my team, I'm going to hold until I get at least a second for him. Um, if he's just sitting there and I have to cut him eventually, that's fine. I'll take the loss. But um, I, I think, I think a third is just not quite enough for the potential that he could come back. He's still young. Um, you know, there's still a chance that, you know, Kareem Hunt right now, I mean, what is he going for? And he hasn't really done a whole lot since he came back,
2: but he was RB 15 when he came back through the, the games he played. And he also had a rushing title on his, on his resume, which guys has five games on his professional resume. Very so he has, I mean, that's true. All of the arguments that you were using against him two weeks ago still apply, um, I, I, if you can, for me, if it's an, if I think it's going to be an early third, even in this COVID shortened college season, I'd still take the third uh, if it's going to be early. I just, and I love guys. I loved his talent coming out, but I just, I mean, he fell in the draft for a reason. It was, I mean, people forget that he fell in the draft because of, wow, um, oh.
0: character issues.
2: Yep. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, he fell for for character issues in the NFL draft. Um, And obviously, that issue is not going away anytime soon. So, that's a
1: good point.
2: I'd be selling for a third as long as it was early, but I I probably would hold too. So,
1: if for anything less. Because, I
2: mean,
0: you're probably one of the biggest guys Truthers that I know. And you're at that point where you're just, is that more of like a a moral thing? Are you just saying at this point, there's just too much adding up and I just, I have to change my stance.
2: It's a little bit of a moral thing, and it's a lot of just too much adding up. I mean, okay. before he got cut, I knew he had a team. I knew that the, his biggest competition was Adrian Peterson, which is Adrian Peterson. He, I mean, he's still good for his age, but he's old. So I was fairly confident that he, he could beat him out and get the lead back role in that in that spot. But now, really look around the league, who needs a running back?
0: Right, right.
2: There's not many spots left. So for me, it's just a a little bit of a moral issue, a lot of it. Where is he going to play, and is he ever going to get an opportunity again to be more than just a change of pace back or a a backup guy?
1: Yeah, this was was kind of a make or break year for him anyway. You know, if he didn't come out and produce, you're kind of almost cutting the court as it is. So, you know, if he's going to miss probably the whole season as it stands right now, I mean. I could see that you know selling for early third for
2: sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, for me, you know, I, I guess I, I guess I agree. At the end of the day, so second second for sure, and a third. I probably I'll probably just hold and see what happens because you're right. He will make try to make some sort of comeback at some point. So, selling for a second, holding for a third. Um. All right. Uh. Let's. Uh. That kind of brings us to uh, <laughs> who might just benefit <laughs> in the Redskins backfield? His biggest uh,
1: competition, Adrian Peterson, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> actually, it's. I mean,
2: I I personally don't think anyone's going to actually flourish in that backfield. Um, I went back and looked at Ron Rivera's history as head coach. I know he's a defensive guy, um, but he does have an influence over what happens on the offense. Sure. Um, he was a coach from there in Carolina from 2011 to 2019. In those years, three years he had three guys that carried the ball 100 times. Two years he had two guys that carried the ball 100 times, and only two only two guys had over a thousand. Well, only two years with over a thousand yards rushing. Which and was only McCaffrey? yeah, it was Chris McCaffrey those right. two years, and then only five guys that got the ball over 200 times. Two of those were CMC. Um, So he spreads the ball around a lot. And I know North or Scott Turner was the only the OC for one year, Um, but we can't really figure out what he's going to do. I mean, most offensive coordinators are going to give the ball to CMC every play. Um, So I just, I think it's going to be a muddy timeshare. I mean, they have AP, Antonio Gibson, Bryce Love, Barber, and Janie McKissick in that backfield. And they brought in two of those guys this offseason through free agency and then drafted Gibson in the third. So they obviously – I mean, they don't know what they're wanting to do. AP has the most experience and was the lead back last year. Who do you guys think is going to take the lead? And if they do take the lead, does it matter? For fantasy.
0: Dude, Peyton Barber is an animal. Okay? <laughs> um, no, I honestly, I think it's going to be a mess and I don't really care. I'm, I'm like a void at this point. Everybody, I, I have zero interest in any of those players. Um, you know, there's a certain someone, uh, AG that I mean, sure, he's intriguing. Uh, and, I will bring up and I, you know, I should find it. I want to find exactly what, what it was, but, uh, Bobby Koch shared a link with us earlier in the group chat about, uh, how often the Redskins ask their running backs to pass block because we're worried about pass pro for Antonio Gibson, right? He hasn't played running back. He doesn't know the schemes, the protections. You know, how is he going to do at pass blocking? Will he even be on the field for that? And, um, Carolina also, which is where the offensive coordinator came from. Uh, they were one of the lowest teams in pass pro as far as asking the running backs to do pass pros. Like Cause it just
2: has CNC go out.
0: something very, very low. So, uh, I suppose that's one argument to say, you know, if he's in there, he's going to be, I don't know. A lot of people have said, you know, Percy Harvin. And it's a different NFL today than even when Percy played. So maybe they're a little bit more creative on how to use him. I'm not sure he's that much different than like Curtis Samuel type,
2: my which
0: is what exactly what, um, Scott Turner had in Carolina. So, yeah. and what did he do with him? I, Curtis Samuel's not impressive in any way to me. Now he, Antonio Gibson, I think is a better athlete, but, um, I'm not sure measurables wise, I don't, I've not compared them. So I don't know that as a fact, but I don't uh, know. I the, the hype is getting just absolutely out of control on AG. Like I have just a couple shares of him and I'll probably be trying to sell, to be honest with you. Um Yeah. But Ross, I'm, I'm really curious to see where you stand on this.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think it changes that much in the fact that, you know, Geist was projected to be the lead back. Peterson's probably the lead back, but I don't think that Gibson needs to be a lead back to be effective for your your fantasy roster. I mean, yeah, Curtis Samuel didn't do much, but when you got McCaffrey in the backfield, what is Curtis Samuel going to do besides a couple of screens and jet sweeps here and there? I mean, I, I could see a world where, you know, upside ceiling Gibson's getting, you know, 700 to 750 yards rushing, maybe 30 catches, 350 yards. I mean, that puts him upside of a low-end running back too if, if everything breaks – correctly, you know, maybe a running back three, you know, with those the receptions down there in PPR leagues, I mean, I, I think it's worth taking the gamble on him. Um, I don't, I mean, Peterson's just getting older at some point. He's just going to be, you know, a shell of himself and, you know, they're going to say maybe midway through the season their seasons tank and they're not looking good. Hey, let's just get this guy, the ball more see what he does. I just think his upside is just so tremendous um, that I think he's worth, pro- I mean, where is he creeping up to though? You think, I mean, I think, I'm early second. Firsts. Oh, I'm seeing him go for yeah. Yeah, in fact, first.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk about with him. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I, I kind of bought in, bef- you know, obviously before this news hit, but, you know, if, unless it was like a super late, like you're a top two, top three team, I wouldn't pay more than that for him. But I mean, I think if you're still doing your drafts, I mean, I could see you reaching at the end of the first, if you needed a running back, but I think early second is probably where I would take him.
2: Well, where would you rank him compared to the other running backs? Obviously, you got your top five.
1: Oh, he's where six would, for me. I, six. I actually updated my rankings earlier today, and yeah, he's he's. So
2: you got him ahead of Vaughn and Moss and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so after meet, after the big five, and then before Zach Moss, before Keyshawn Vaughn, before AJ Dillon, so six.
1: Yeah, so I I kinda have him in on my personal rankings on his own tier. So there's the there's the five, there's Gibson, and then there's, you know, the Vaughn Moss, AJ Dillon there. I mean, I, I just I just think in the, today's NFL with his pass catching ability and how explosive he is, I don't think he needs three hundred touches to be, you know, serviceable for your fantasy. And maybe he's just a bi week guy, running back three, but you know, see, I, I don't, think there's definitely some value there.
2: I don't actually see him as a running back, personally. Um, I think he's much more of a wide receiver. Uh, and you were talking about the Curtis Samuel comp earlier. That's actually exactly what I've written down. Um, okay. Size wise, they're a little off. Curtis Samuel measured in at 5'11", 196 at the combine. Gibson was six foot two twenty eight. Uh, Samuel had a four three one. Gibson was a four three nine, which is that actually surprised me. Um, it's the same forty as Jonathan uh, Taylor, but he's like three or four pounds heavier, so his speed scores a little bit better. Um, stats wise, last year, Samuel had 19 rushes for 130 yards and 54 catches for 627 yards, um, on 105 targets. So if you get that out of Gibson this year, honestly, I think that's kind of his ceiling. Personally, um, the rushing would probably be a little bit higher. Um, but I, with only 33 carries in the in FBS, I don't think he has the experience or the ability, honestly, as a running back um, to be an every-down rusher right now. I mean, obviously, he could learn from AP um, and develop that, but I, I just don't – I think he's more of a wide receiver, and considering that wide receiving court is literally Terry McLaren and Steven Sims and, I guess, Andy Golden, um, I, I think they'll use him more as a wide receiver than a running back, to be honest. I have thought that from the beginning – and guys being out doesn't really change that for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to, you know, how the coaching staff sees him and how they do want to deploy him out there. Um, but, you know, there was a couple games last year when, you know, Tony Pollard, you know, had 10, 15 carries and over 100 yards because he's just that explosive. I could see some games like that where, you know, he gets the carries, he hits those seams, and all of a sudden he's, like, putting up crazy numbers. He's not getting a lot of touches. They're not giving him a bell cow roll. But he has that explosiveness, if you watch his tape, to go back that, I mean, I just think he's on another level as an athlete compared to some of these other running backs that are coming out this year. You mean like his speed
0: score being the same as – or better than Jonathan Taylor? I mean, that
2: surprised me. I knew he was thing. explosive. I didn't know he was that explosive.
0: So uh, – I, w- I
2: wish he had done the agility t- tests at the Combine so we can know what he's like in a phone booth, but
0: – Yeah, so yeah, it's I mean speed score is used, um, as a weight adjusted 40 so that you can compare, you know, Derek Henry to, you know, Tyreek Hill, right. Because we're adjusting for, for size and, um, Antonio Gibson's speed score was actually a slightly higher than Jonathan Taylor. So that, that did definitely surprise me.
2: It'll help with the breakaway runs, but like I said, I just, I don't think he has the vision or, experience running between the tackles to be a running back, which is, I mean, when you're giving up a first plus for him, that's what you are expecting him to be um, in my opinion. And he's he's not, I just think he's a year or two away from being what everyone is hoping he'll be right now. Um, so he's definitely, for me, he's a sell. If I'm buying anyone in that backfield, I guess I'd buy Bryce Love for like a third because he's really, to me, the running back of the group. Um, that i want this year i think for the price at least
1: yeah and and just to clarify i mean i was buying gibson before this news afterwards that i mean first plus that's just too much for me that that doesn't really make sense but you know if you haven't drafted yet i'll, I'll move them up a little bit on your board i mean i saw him going like early third in some drafts I, I don't know to me that was just too late even before this news so
0: I do agree with that he was you know mid Second mid late second Made sense to mm-hmm. me and I did get Him the leagues that I did grab him in They were you know late seconds and typically Teams where I had very Good rosters and it was kind of like This is a luxury pick so like if this Guy hits awesome you Know and if not I don't I don't really Need him so that, that those were the few Shares that I grabbed him with Um. So yeah uh, so, moving along here to wrap up the news, we did see Lamar Miller, the man himself, signed with the New England Patriots earlier today. Um, does anyone care? I think it's kind of more indicative
2: of how far out Sony Michel is than anything. Um, if you have Sony Michel and you were hoping he was going to be healthy for the start of the season, I'd start looking for a second option.
1: Yeah,
2: that's scared for sure. Um, I think th- they needed a body. I think is all that really means, and he was cheaper than Devonte Freeman. Uh, um, my, I, I, what do you guys think? Is it is he gonna be? Who's gonna be the starter there? Does anyone know or care?
0: Yeah, I think for me the main takeaway was, you know, we need healthy bodies in here. And honestly, do we even know that Lamar's healthy? I mean, I guess he had a full year to recover, so I'm sure he's he's right around. Um, he was tweeting about his workouts. So okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> to me, I'm I'm just like an avoid Patriots backfield. Uh, guy I don't I really don't have any Interest there's like always a guy On waivers that you could pick up Like seriously even a dynasty like there's yeah. There's always like a Rex Burkhead That I can pick up any given week and Like I can get six points if I needed It but otherwise it's like who cares You know I just I, I'd rather Literally play anyone else Um, I do have a couple Shares of Damian Harris because Like we just talked about with Gibson Last year when it would get to the end of the Second Or early third if he was still there it was like hey i might as well grab him and if there is some sort of value uptake i'll flip him you know um or you know who knows maybe he he can produce but you know statistically if you do nothing as a rookie uh the odds are against you ever doing anything but i think you kind of got to throw that out the window with the patriots um in my opinion, now, I don't, I don't know if, if that's necessarily true, but I just kind of feel that way with, with Belichick and what they do. Plus with Cam Newton, now things are going to be different. Um Is Cam going to try to be a pocket passer? Or is he going to, th- you know, what's he going to do? So there's just so much uncertainty. I don't want really anything to do with any Patriots. So I did have Lamar Miller sitting on a couple of rosters because I wasn't going to cut him and just see what would happen. So for me, I was excited to see it because if somebody uh, is going to throw me a third or something, or maybe I can package him with a third Lamar and a third for a second, I love to do those type of deals where I can move up, you know, maybe a little bit. And then the, the optics of it looks like, you know, maybe I only moved up, six spots, you know, at the end of the day, but now I have a second that maybe I can flip to somebody else later in the year who doesn't remember that I did that trade. So I, I love to do uh deals like that. And this is this is definitely one of those times where I will be looking to do that. Um will he actually make the team and make an impact? I, I would say probably not, but it's the Patriots. Anything can happen. It is what it is. Pretty much. And you know what? I'll say, uh so Jerry O'Shea, our buddy, is in the chat with us. And uh, he says the cheapest player is usually the best player in New England. And that's exactly right. Anytime you have a, a messy backfield, take the guy that you can get cheapest because likely that's where your value is going to be as far as production. You know, San Francisco, same thing. Um, definitely makes perfect sense to me,
1: Jerry. Yeah, and I, I think Mick, t- Mick touched on that at the very beginning that the biggest news for this is if I'm a Sony owner, I'm kind of just worried that he's some—he's not healthy. He's not going to be healthy for a while. Just makes me nervous that I—I I shouldn't count on Sony, you know, producing at the first of the season if I'm if I'm owning him.
0: I saw Sony Michelle traded for a four ten in a rookie draft. Like it was wow. about to on the clock, and it was traded for the four ten. And I was like, I mean, I was like, wow, I. Probably, I guess I would have, I had the 405, so I was like, man, I guess I should have offered him the 405, but who would have thought, you know? That's probably I mean, a fat making, I would do it, but I have like no shares. I don't care at all. I don't, I'm not, but I don't know. I just thought that was funny because now I'm like thinking, man, that guy like either knew something that we didn't or I don't know. That's crazy.
1: Who did he take with the 410? Do you know? <laughs> oh, great question. I'll look at who he picked. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Michael Hasty for Sonia Michelle. I'll find oh. him. <laughs>
0: That's, That's funny. Yeah, let let me uh, look that up. That'll be funny.
1: All right. Yeah, I, I did. I did buy uh, Damian Harris the last couple of weeks for you know. He, I thought he was kind of cheap. There's a chance that he could take over the role. Sony's still hurt. Yeah, why did you buy him? You know, healthy. Um, but now I'm I'm just kind of pulling the reins back on that. I'm not going to invest anything in the in this backfield until something shakes out.
2: What, what were you paying for? Him?
1: Uh probably like a late third.
2: for that, yeah. I mean, that this actually ties back to the stats about uh Ron Rivera's time in uh Carolina. You no, know, I mentioned that three times they were running their rushers with over 100 yards. I didn't mention that Cam was one of those rushers literally oh. every year he was there or not over 100 yards, 100 carries. Um Will he still do that at his advanced age and with all the injuries that are piling up? Who knows? Um, I I think that's a part of his game that can't just go away. Um, So there's – I would say he's going to have at least 75 carries. And you figure that the Patriots are going to run 400 times, give or take. So there's less than 325 carries to go around between four or five different guys. It's, It's just a backfield I don't really want a piece of. But for a third I'd, I'd, or a fourth, I'd take on, him show.
0: it was uh, Donovan
1: Peoples-Jones. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> what? Yeah, baby, woo. I hope that was a fat finger in the email. <laughs> it's a mixed special. All right. Well,
0: that's – I don't know how much more we can talk about Lamar Miller. So, anyway. <laughs> Let's uh Did we
2: even mention Lamar Miller. I think we just talked about how much we don't want any of it.
0: The main event. All right, guys. It is time to do a version of the Dynasty Roast podcast. And essentially this is uh this is what our podcast is, and we're gonna kind of break it down. Like I said, this is gonna be trade addicts three. So we're gonna go over um the rosters and just kind of do a quick breakdown. We'll do a ranking of the teams. Uh, we'll put it all together as a consensus um, at the end here and kind of see our process and what's involved. There's going to be some stuff that we leave out, obviously, for the sake of time. We're not going to get super in depth, but basically, we'll point out some of our favorite positional groups, um, some you know things we like and dislike, and ultimately you know do the rankings here. So. Mick, do you want to start us off with um, just a couple things that maybe uh, jumped out at you? I guess we should point out real quick that um, Trade Addicts 3 is a 12 team, um, 37 active, 4 taxi squad roster. So fairly deep there, 41 players, uh, 492 players in the player pool, 10 starters. And it's like an all flex league, right? So it's super flex. You can have, you know, one to two quarterbacks, but then running back wide receiver and tight end have a one minimum and then all the way up to six. So you can start any combination. You can build your roster any way you want with um, super flex tight end premium. There's a lot of different ways to build a roster. And so with these different roster builds, you definitely get, uh, you know, just discrepancy and opinions on, 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 which way to go. Um, and so that, that always makes for a good debate as far as, you know, how can we figure out between the three of us come to a consensus on, on ranking these teams when there's just so many different ways to go about it. Right. Um, and that's kind of what makes it fun. So hopefully you can get a little bit insight on that and maybe try to learn something to apply to your team, your leagues, anything like that. And uh, first you know, we can just, like I said, we're not going to do this quite like we normally do for the sake of time. Um, but if you guys want to start with just maybe throwing out a couple of things, uh, typically the way that that we do it is we'll start with um, doing some of our rankings, working from the bottom up from 12th rank to one. Uh, and personally, I will say that I'm just looking specifically at the raw at the roster as it is today, and I'm not factoring in, you know, does one guy have 621 first and, you know, 422 first? You know, I'm not, I'm not factoring that in at this time necessarily. Once we get to our consensus ranks though, I, I will, uh, kind of factor that in at the end. So Mick and Ross, if you guys just want to jump in and kind of talk about how, what you're looking for, um, you know, how you break things down, your system, your methods, and just kind of talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. I was I I was just looking at uh the teams for this year, um, not taking into account draft capital. Um and then I just broke down each team by their position groups. Um gave them a rank one through twelve. Uh obviously twelve is the worst in the league. Um, and one thing that stuck out to me in this league, it, how how long has this league been running for? Do you know?
0: That's a good question. It's at least been a few years. Okay. I think I at least, I, th- I want to say it's three
2: or four. I, I would guess at least four, four. just off of might be how, how there's teams. That, there was a large gap for Absolutely. me. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of variance for sure. Yeah. Between yeah. the top teams and the bottom teams. Um, I actually ended up with four different tiers. And within those tiers. I had to fight with myself quite a bit to figure out who I wanted where in the tier, but it was pretty easy to put different teams in those tiers. Um, sorry for the guys at the bottom. He, hopefully, you're rebuilding. If you're not rebuilding, you should consider it.
0: Well and that's that's the thing too is we're we're ranking them for this season for the 2020 season. So if you're in a rebuild, we're going to kind of assume that based on what your rosters are looking like and if not, sorry man. Um but yeah, that's again, we're ranking them for this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'm glad you mentioned Scott that it is a minimum of one on the position groups because some of these groups honestly made me want to throw up looking at. Them. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, speaking of Damian Harris, I think one of the groups I saw that that was the top running back oh, yeah, in high that's,
2: rankings. That's Russ's.
1: Yeah, Damian Harris or a carry-on lead, and I'm just like, man, how how does it get to this point? But it makes a lot more sense when you you know you need to start one of them, you know, at a time. But there there was one group of receivers. I think it was uh, Ben Rikus, Man, that, that's the group that you want to dream about. You got Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Brian Edwards. D.J. Chark, Terry McLaurin. Man, loaded. J
2: B, Amari, Juju. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that, 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 I just kept reading name after name. How did you this guys look at guy, that, that dude. team?
2: So can we just throw it out there? He's my number one.
1: Yeah, I think we're probably <laughs> on consensus on that one, actually.
2: Yeah, his running, yeah. running backs are also Dobbins, Sanders, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. Like, that team is – I, I, I don't know what you guys were doing,
0: but stop trading with him. <laughs> he's the mech. He's the mech of your league. So he actually still him. has a, t- a
1: 2022 first. I thought he would have all his picks gone, but doesn't have a 2021. But he's got his second. Yeah. I, I don't know how he built that team, but it's probably but one of the best wide receiver end, groups I've seen.
2: His tight ends are, I mean, he's got Hawkinson and Hunter Henry. So that's not bad at all. Um, Considering he only has to have start one. He's, he's also got
1: team. Waller and Goddard too.
2: Oh, yeah. He's He's got Waller too?
1: Yeah. Oh, he's Jesus. got Miles he Sanders, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Dobbins. I mean he, he has a stacked wide receivers and he looks like he got almost all the rookie running backs. Yeah, so he, uh, he,
0: he probably almost three or four teams in the league. Is that what you're trying to say?
2: I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> it, but let's <laughs> Stop. let's, let's I mean, move on. From this well, the way I'm just uh, pause Lugan. Here for a second.
1: The, the way that I do my ratings is I look at the position groups and I kind of give them. If there's any baseball fans, like in the scouting community, like a twenty to eighty scale, I kind of do that same thing with like a forty to one hundred, give them a grade. And a one hundred and a forty; those are usually pretty rare. But I mean, his receivers, I gave, I gave him one hundred. Absolutely, the
2: wide receivers that I would consider wide receiver ones or twos. And so hopefully, concerned. a lot of
1: these teams are rebuilding.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: there's a lot of rebuilding teams. But the
2: problem league. is, he has all of the young wide receivers too. I mean, more Godwin. Those are my top two dynasty wide receivers: Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, DJ Chark. It's just, yeah. and then he has all those running backs, and his. We didn't mention his quarterbacks are Dak and Lamar. <laughs> Uh, he, does, he does have a hole. His third running his third quarterback is shit. i we, we can tell him that. Your third quarterback is Jameis Swinston. So
1: fix that. Down
0: you know. Oh man. If,
2: if there's one hole on his team, that's his hole. So fix that hole. It's, uh, it
1: might be one of the better up.
2: teams that I've ever seen.
1: What was the uh, one of the worst position groups that you were looking through? Um I have a few I have a few ones, I'm gonna say. Yeah, I've got my eye on one group in particular that just my that's bottom, maybe one of My them.
2: bottom two teams were super Dupa Flex and um the Dynasty junkie
1: if, yep. if I'm with you on that.
2: And litter just pick a position group and I didn't like any of them.
1: So I and,
2: yeah, yeah, we might have
0: jump into that because uh i had 12 number 12 overall uh it's our buddy super Dupa flex um yeah and i i hope he has a lot of picks um that's all i'm gonna say there <laughs> uh and and same for uh dynasty junkie i'll put those guys both in the group but that's um my 12 and 11 for sure are we all in uh consensus yeah. oh yeah Absolutely, Absolutely.
2: I, ha- I had him flipped, but you I had him
1: flipped. Okay. Didn't yeah, I didn't too. too much. Okay. Okay. That's I didn't fair. take
2: too much time debating between them. I, I just like Super Duper flexes tight ends a little bit more.
0: Which... Is uh, I'm gonna say that his wide receiver group was uh, atrocious, and yeah, uh... it was pretty bad. <laughs>
2: Jefferson. And Henry
1: Rose—it's its unproven. It's not bad players. Yeah, okay, just, okay.
0: They haven't done so anything. Have some talent, and even guys like Hakeem Butler, J.J. I think wide side Quinton yeah, Cephas, A.G.P. I mean, there's guys there that certainly have upside. So it's not
2: dynasty junkie. Let's see who he's Perfect. got at the wide receivers. Perfect. He's got Jerry Judy, Chenault, Debo, Preston, Preston right. Austin.
0: Austin Williams. Yeah. So right, I'll,
2: his, I, can, I can give you put him in a, putting him at 11.
0: I think their running backs and tight ends were similar. Uh, junkies wide receivers were better. And then quarterback, I mean, he has uh, Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Jalen Hurts versus, you know, Daniel
1: Jones and Sam Darnold. I think the running backs were, I don't think they were that similar. I, oh, I have junkies.
2: That's because you have a hard on for Antonio
1: Gibson. Who oh, do you have a hard on for, Daryl Henderson on the other no. side, Chase Edmonds, baby? Hey, and he, Lamar Miller. Ron, I mean, at least he's got you know Singletary, Madison, step up Sony. I don't know. I like. I, yeah, I, I just okay. like the upside I on mean, his. A lot more.
2: We're debating yeah. over like guys that were traded for fourths.
0: So, yeah.
2: right.
0: I but mean, we we that they were both the bottom two both teams, the bottom, so. bottom two teams. All right, bottom bottom two, bottom two. Okay. So, um, let's see. The next, I'm going to go into 10 here just because mm-hmm. I also have them very far down before. That was kind of like my bottom tier. Yep. Um, those two were clear bottom, but then I have a, uh, clear, uh, number 10 ranked team here. And that's, uh, Stoops at Stoops 1990. Um, he had, he didn't have any ones, but just, just low. Numbers across the board, uh, yeah, each, overall, each, three, a couple threes, me, a
2: couple threes and, and out that,
0: or... so I guess I should explain my my scale too when I say threes and twos. So I'm taking each group quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends, and then a maximum of five points. Uh, so one is the bottom, it means your group is trash. You have basically nobody, maybe not even one starter because in this league where you only need one, you're going to automatically get a little boost anyway. Um, but five is, is the absolute top. Um, you're rarely going to get a five unless you have like that, that wide receiver group we talked about earlier. So there, there were a handful of fives, um, overall, um, including Ben Reich has had three of them. So <laughs> absolutely loaded. Um, otherwise it's just one to five for each group and then add up the points and um, so that's where we're at so when i say stoops 1990 i had a three two two three that's three for quarterback two for running back two for receiver and and three for tight end um, really notable players like he does have Kyler you know uh, dwayne haskins old man uh, Tony rivers um but you know he does have a few players across the board so like the thing is unless he has a whole bunch of picks, I just don't see what this team is going to be able to do because it's just one of those teams that at best is going to be stuck in the middle and you're never going to get a high pick like, like junkie or super duper flex. And, you know, you're not, obviously not going to compete, but if you can't get those high picks either, you know, you're going to have to get lucky on some things, make some moves. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully Stoops has a, a bunch of future picks. See,
2: I, I had uh, Russ below him, and
1: really James. Below yeah, I had him at uh, ten as well, actually. Russ. Yep. Yeah, You're at 10.
2: Yeah, his his quarterbacks are good.
0: Uh, so Allen and Baker. So he's got he's got a legit group there of quarterbacks, like no now, top, to me, not tier guys, but like very a very solid trio.
2: This team, to me, is exactly what I would want to do for a rebuild. Three good young quarterbacks. Yes. The wide receivers, are they're young, other than Mike Evans. Young, stacked talent with uh, Higgins, Mims, Jalen Rieger, uh, Mike Evans, Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley. Um, and then his, his tight ends, he's got... Trey Burton, Tyler Higby, Aiden Hurst, and I guess Jason Witten, if you want to throw him in there. Um, but his running backs are atrocious. It's probably the worst group I've ever seen.
0: Uh, um, that was a that was a one. That was a yes. Yeah. With so Raheem, right well, that's exactly what I no, want to that's see. Exactly that's what, what I do you, you want
2: to see. Yeah. But if if we're talking competing this year, he's right. got he's gonna have to start one of them between Armstead, Mike Boone, Damian Harris. Allison, Boston Scott, and Karis White. So, is he? Who's who? Do you think he's going to start out of that group? Mike Boone, Damian Harris,
1: whoever is healthy. I don't know. I mean, I, he he does have two 21 firsts, but he doesn't have his own. So
2: yeah, that's to me. I mean, Mike Evans is a guy I'd be trading on this team because um, you're you're away from competing, um, and he, Evans is twenty seven. So
1: old in your world.
2: He's twenty-seven is old in everyone's world. Damn it.
1: But, <laughs> Not the real world.
2: No. But I mean, he's he's got the T. Higgins, Denzel Mims, and Jalen Riger. Um, so he's got a good young core that might be able to hit for him. Um to me that that team's worse than the than Stoops nineteen ninety.
1: Yeah, I I had them pretty close, but I did I did have uh, outhouse at 10.
2: The, the quarterbacks are better, obviously, um, comparing Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, and Phillip Rivers to Baker, um, Josh Allen, and Jerry Goff. Um,
1: you know, but like you said, that's the way you build a team because those guys yeah. are young quarterbacks. Yeah. They're going to be there for a while. No, the receivers if, come in, draft capital at those running backs, and you're flipped around, you know, that slingshot. Or,
2: for that rebuild, that's the outhouse's team is the way I'd want to set it up. Um, But for competing this year, I mean, I'm not sure I'd want to try to compete this year Um, knowing what that top team looks like. But for competing this year, I'd, I'd prefer Stoops' team.
1: Um, yeah. I, I would agree with that. All right. So, and actually kind of going back to uh super duper flex, he does have a lot of 2021 first picks. He's got, Looks like he's got four of them for next year, so definitely I mean, a
2: rebuild. Nice that's not bad. Scott we agreed that outhouse is ten and stoops is above him.
0: It's ten okay. Yeah. I think that, that running back crew. Yikes. The, the, the fact he has to start one. Yeah and, <laughs> and obviously
2: his best bet to start is Austin Damian or Austin I, Scott. I, I, all right. Come on, if he's
1: got that scrolls roll. You're probably better off just starting Raquel Armstead and hoping that Leonard Fournette gets in the fight. And the other yeah,
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. That's uh actually that's one of the players that um, Russ and I have a lot in common. We we both have a ton of Raquel Armstead. So yeah, hoping uh, Fournette doesn't work out in Gruden system, I guess, with that one. But I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so all right, so we're putting Out House at ten, and then are we going nine with
1: Stoops? That's
2: what I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I can be
0: okay with that. All right. All right. Um, did you have anybody else that was that was close in there? Because I did have a few James teams. The I had the a, brain. I had yeah, James the Brain at I had eight. down there. You team. did. So, oh man. Yeah. I, actually I had know, him and first Stoops, Stoops tied for
1: exactly. for eight.
0: Okay. Well, let's just throw him at eight. Okay. Wow, that's rare. That's rare. That, that is rare. What? Um, as far as his prospects. You know, the thing for me is having Brady and Breeze. They're just so old. Um, yeah. but Herbert and Locke, you know, you have that youth and he kind of got screwed. It looks like cause he has Andrew Locke. So, you know, not much you can do about that, but I think he's, he's fine. Um, from the standpoint of he has his veterans and then he also has his young guys that are going to hopefully replace those guys. So, um, you know, that, that could actually work out, uh, just a little bit. Risky, I would say, but um, it certainly could work out. Um, but he just doesn't really have any players of note. There's just a, a lot of mid-range players. A lot
1: of like, a lot of like.
0: Eh, you
1: he know, has the Houston I'm, Texans wide receiving room, like literally like, the whole room.
0: Like Brandon okay. Cooks, Kiki Coutee, yeah, Kenny Stills, Stills, Will
1: Fuller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, and and that's that's exactly it. Like. Sure, one of those guys, namely, you know, Cooks or Fuller could, I guess, be like a high wide receiver too, you know, at best. Um, but, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Julian Edelman, it's, it's an old roster. Jack Doyle, um, you know, it's a, it's an aging roster and just with a lot of mid range guys that are unlikely to be spectacular in any sort of way you know Zach Moss, David Montgomery, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, like none of these guys are going to be superstars. So that's where it's the point where you get stuck in the middle, you know, because you can't quite compete but you're not getting those top picks and like that is the worst place to be in dynasty. You know, just stuck in the middle, just churning, churning mid-range until you you hit that, you know, McCaffrey or Whatever, right?
1: Yeah, and it looks like he doesn't have his first or second next year either, which is going to hurt.
0: Ouch. So yeah, I, I can you
1: have... go Who do you ahead. I'm at seven then.
0: So I have a couple of teams here that are close that they have equally atrocious tight ends, but they have <laughs> equally stud yeah. running backs. And then I actually have them the same across the board, except one has the best group of running backs that I'm going to give him the slight edge to. So for me at number seven, I'm going to have uh FF briefcase. Same. Still same. one of my favorite, exact same. one of my favorite handles of all time. That was the same for me.
1: Yeah. I think yeah I've got team. these three teams, probably the same three teams as you, Scott, but they're identical scores, but I have them okay you know head in, you know this is probably the same one the top running back above them briefcase at seven I'm guessing trader Joe at six
0: trader joe's kind of in this mix here with with a couple of other teams there's like this uh this upper half t te- or i should say like <laughs> fighting for uh, four these low, like these um Fringe playoff teams, right? Like this middle of the group, like, okay, which way are they going to go? Are they going to push up into contenders? Or are they going to fall off into rebuild situation? And so there's um, the, well, essentially, if you have six playoff teams, that's where we're at here with the final six teams. And I have basically one team far and away at the top, like we already talked about. And then this next five here, uh, very different roster builds, and so I guess it's really a matter of preference in, in breaking these down. So to me, I actually have um, the scoring came out to Fugazi Life FB because he's absolutely loaded at running back, and I like his quarterbacks, but his tight ends are atrocious oh, in tight can end we just premium. go through that
1: list? Like, how do you end up with this group? Yeah, let's, talk, let's talk about that. This is the one that made me want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> I, click on the... oh, I mean, I'm I don't know about you guys, but my top tight end that he has is Jeremy Sprinkle.
2: <laughs> and...
1: <laughs> just because he might have the opportunity, but I mean I I would probably just cut half these guys and pick up rookies if it was if I was running it.
2: To me it's James O'Shaughnessy or Caden Smith. Caden Smith at Backups?
1: least could play when Ingram gets hurt. Yeah.
2: And Nick Boyle, Nick Boyle could lead or will lead the Ravens in snaps at tight end. Um, but yeah, doesn't mean
0: he's running routes though.
2: No, he's got Nick Boyle, Red Ellison, Darren Fells, Ryan Griffin, Josh Hill, Jacob Hollister, James O'Shaughnessy, Kyle Rudolph, Caden Smith, and Jeremy Sprinkle.
1: It looks like he just needed tight ends until he went and picked up every single backup tight end that was available. That's one I mean, James
2: was, O'Shaughnessy you know, wasn't
0: a backup last year.
1: That's—I think he was the starter week one.
2: Uh, he he had four good games to start the year, and then he got hurt. Uh, good for a tight end. So, but uh, but then you go up and look at his running backs, and oh yeah, running, running backs are stacked. Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Adrian Peterson. I mean, really, they're not that stacked. It's he's got four guys that I am happy about starting. Granted, two of them are Saquon and CMC and then Chubb. I, my standards are a little bit higher than yours, I guess, Ross.
1: Well, I mean, your standards in your home league, where you have everybody's first and all the top six running backs. I mean, you can't really apply that across the, the general <laughs> league here. I mean, that's all my in league, most though. leagues Saquon, you know, CMC and Chubb are on three different rosters. You are lucky if you got two of them.
2: It's that's a stacked running back group, but I, I i agree with i agree with Scott that it doesn't make up for his horrendous tight ends.
0: Yeah, that tight end group is brutal,
2: especially with the the tight end premium. That's going to hurt him.
0: Exactly. That's where I have him kind of knocked down. So I have I do have him below. Um. The next, really the whole, the rest of the crew there. So I actually have him at six. At six.
2: So then you have Nick Martinez. I do.
0: that be Joe, And then Dynasty. I actually have Brian. Great team name there, by the way. You know, Brian. I think he's a family guy fan. Brian. Yeah. Um, I actually have him, uh, there with, uh, actually, behind Martinez really? and just ahead of fugazi life, yeah really my uh, my Brian dual monitor situation here has become a situation like literally just went out. I don't know what happened, so I lost the monitor, and I don't have
2: let's push through you want me read anything, off his so... you want me to read Brian's roster off to you yeah i'm gonna I'll, I'll give you the main points, okay I can, see, I can see the argument because his quarterback group outside of. Patrick Mahomes is terrible. He doesn't actually have a second quarterback unless you want to count on Mitchell Trubisky. Um, no, I don't. I know you don't. I don't. No one should want to count on Trubisky. That's the recipe for disaster. But a running back, he has Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Matt Breida, and then it gets pretty bleak uh, with Damian Williams mm-hmm. now sitting out. Wide receiver, he's got Odell, Tyler Boyd, Allen Robinson, James Washington, Mike Williams.
1: Keenan Allen.
2: Oh, I didn't see him. Oh, yeah, he's sitting up there. Ooh. Uh, so he's got he, – that's a nice group of wide receivers. Uh, and then tight end, he's got Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, George Kittle, and Johnnie Smith. Literally all four of those are better than any tight end on that other guy's team. Yeah, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think he's
1: got one of the top, if not the top, group of tight ends. I, I actually have Brian's second.
2: Yeah, I, so, I, have Brian's, I have Brian's second as well, but because of that quarterback group, I could...
1: Well,
0: here's here's the problem. You have, yeah, Mahomes basically gets you three points on my scale. Basically four, it really should be. Um, but you don't have a second start. Like, you literally don't even have a starter. No. So you're gonna start one quarter. Yeah, granted, it is Mahomes, so you're gonna have an advantage at your QB one. But at your QB two, you're at a disadvantage. All, yeah, because
2: you're starting for him. He's probably starting a tight end. Yeah,
1: let's let's yeah. just go through a quick. Who would you start if you ran this team?
0: Uh, I'd
2: start probably more.
0: the four tight ends,
1: or at least three of them.
2: I'd start Jones and Kamara for sure. Keenan Allen. So that's three. Boyd, Robin, uh, Allen Robinson.
0: Mhm. Mike Will, Odell. Odell
2: Beckham, Odell for sure. So that's Kittle and Hooper.
0: I mean, he's got a solid There's that four, four receivers for sure, two running backs for sure. That's six. Mahomes is seven, Kittle eight. And Hooper. then Hooper. The problem is, Hooper's changing teams. That's Cook true. was not a high, like, no, the, he was the advantage school. is PPR, right? Yeah. He's not a catch guy. He just scored a lot of touchdowns. And Johnny,
2: so, Johnny was kind of the same way. He was, he was very similar that he had a lot of long. Johnny was
0: efficient, but not a lot of catches. So that, that extra 0. 0.75 PPR is not necessarily helping him.
2: All right. I can, I can start to see the argument to have him probably towards the bottom of the list of those top four after number one.
1: I just think his starting lineup is pretty solid. He might have a couple holes where he's relying on some luck or the right start at the right time. But
2: He's given up. I mean, he's starting a wide receiver four or a wide receiver two in place of a
0: quarterback. That's, that's he, my issue. But Mahomes is almost like
1: one and a half quarterbacks. I, I, I do agree.
2: But he's not really, though. I mean, what did he score points-wise per game? Over say the QB ten last year.
0: Well last year he wasn't, but this year he's he's making a comeback. The Patrick Mahomes comeback. Sixteen games played. Or let's just say all NFL games that are played, he'll play.
2: Which is gonna be sixteen. It's gonna Yeah happen.
0: let's 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 pray. Think positive. So alright, if we're comparing then Let's take a look at, do you want to compare the starting lineup for Fugazi or for Nick Martinez compared to that?
2: I have Martinez lower.
0: Okay, so let's do that. So Martinez is going to start Watson and Rogers or Big Ben. And the last time we saw Big Ben healthy, you know, he was basically number three.
1: He's got a good quarterback around.
0: So you're, okay, so Watson and Big Ben. Or Rodgers versus Mahomes and Austin Hooper. I mean, he he's smoking them right there. It's a yeah. Massive advantage, right? And then running back, he's going to go with Gordon. Clyde Edwards Alaire, yeah, probably Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, maybe Mostert, uh, maybe Bell. Bell will give him a high floor, you know, yeah. but let's. He, but then he has those home run hitting wide receivers that yeah. he can plug in, like Hollywood, T.Y. Hilton. Julio, I mean, Julio's a stud. You know, you know, whatever you think of Pittman and Anthony Miller. So, and then I'm he's gonna got take the PBR quarterbacks, two. the upside of lair, the high floor, and then the home run hitting wide receivers. And then if he can plug in, you know, let's see, Mike Isicki. Mike
2: Isiki, who I think
0: we all like quite a bit this year. He certainly doesn't have the depth that Mister at Brian has. <laughs> And no, I, he's at a disadvantage there slightly, yes, but the advantage at wide receiver far outweighs that.
1: I think he's at a disadvantage at wide receiver as well.
0: Julio, T. Y. Marquis. So
1: Allen, Beckham,
0: Boyd, Robinson. Yeah, I'm taking that over. Let's see who let's see. Julio, Hilton. I'm gonna put Hollywood in there. And let's say Anthony Miller. So the top the, ends the about the backs, same. The
2: running backs for uh, for Martinez are better, I think.
0: Yes, I Between. do agree. I'll take Kamara and Aaron Jones over C.H. and, and Gordon or Bell. Yeah, well, higher yeah, upside for sure. You know, Gordon. C.H. obviously has the upside, but Bell and Gordon probably don't.
2: I think Gordon could. He's going to be behind the best offensive line he's ever had. It's, it's still not ball. a great line, though. But, I mean, it's not a great line, but he look what he was able to do with a horrible offensive line every year he was in.
0: Um, yeah, but do we really know? Like, They have all the weapons, but do we know that Drew Locke's going to be able to throw it and you know make those weapons count? Maybe, I don't know. If
2: he, even if he doesn't, they're going to have to hand the ball off to Gordon. I, I think Gordon has top 12 upside this year.
1: I think the upside's there, but I think Aaron Jones has the upside still as well. Yeah, I agree. CEH's upside, I mean, is that more than Kamara's upside? It's at least equal. I would say
0: it's at least equal. Right?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he loses
0: the tight end and wins the quarterback. He loses running back and wide receiver. And then overall, I'm going to take wide receiver. Yes, slightly there because the top four, if we compare top four versus top four, he's got just Julio really can compete with those. Yeah. So
2: it really comes down to is Deshaun Here. and Big Ben versus Mahomes and whoever he plugs in. Right. Which with it with the depth that he has at wide receiver, he could probably fill that quarterback hole.
0: And it's and and tight end too at the end of the day. Yeah.
2: He can he can fill that quarterback hole if he needs to. So I would still put Brian ahead of uh, Okay, of so we're going to put
0: Martinez at 6, right? Yep. All right, so let's do a 12. Dynasty Junkie at 11. Uh, Outhouse at 10. Stoops 1990 at 9. James LeBran at 8. FF Briefcase at 7. And then we get into our predicted playoff teams here. Nick Martinez at 6. At Brian, are we going to leave him at 5? Or do you want to compare with uh, Fugazi then? Because fugazi's running backs are just gonna annihilate they are but his tight end, his tight ends, his tight
2: ends bad. are bad and his his wide receivers aren't particularly great
1: okay i think there's his Ty- only edge is running back Tyreek, Ty-
0: uh, DK, Tate Thielen. i think he could i think he could hang with those uh receivers um i'll tell you what though Russ, russell wilson um, Seems and to have that inconsistency That he'll have those big weeks And then the weeks when they're really trying to run The ball and it is working And then Tannehill with his low volume So this is where Brian, I think the
2: consistency That Brian's going to have bad. I think the consistency Brian's going to have from his, his Running backs, his tight ends Yeah And, and, and Mahomes is going to Oh, I could see This team beating Brian's on Any given week, sure, but for the course of the season, I'd take Brian's
1: I think, yeah, if he didn't have to start a tight end, he would look a lot better.
0: <laughs> he would look a lot better, <laughs> man. He's just hoping any one of those got, but you know what, Evan Ingram, if, if always, yeah, runs, if there's an injury, he's, the top tight end. Smith, you know, he'll plug in. Jacob Hollister even had a couple nice weeks last year. I mean. Darren Fells will randomly catch two touchdowns. If this was best ball, <laughs>
1: he'd be all over it, right? I mean, maybe he should just kind of flip it here and sell all those receivers at the end for all the backup tight ends, and just hope for one injury. That yeah, basically And he's set. I mean,
0: oh man, okay, all right. So we're gonna put. It's close between Fugazi and Brian, though. So let's. But, we'll give the advantage to those tight ends and the tight end premium. At the end of the day, that's five to one. Whereas the running back advantage is more like a five to three for me and wide receivers, fairly similar quarterbacks, you know, that's probably, edge. That's probably we edge. two, but at the end of the day, he has Mahomes, So I'll go five for Fugazi overall. And then four for Brian, or do you want to, you want to compare him to trader Joe? Let's
2: compare them to
1: Trader Joe. I say Joe. keep comparing because I got Brian at number two.
0: Okay, all right. So let's let's go. Let's go to Trader Joe. You want to do Trader Joe first or uh, FF Addict? I have. let Trader uh, Joe first.
2: Lower. Joe. Yeah.
0: All right. I have I have Joe with with higher um, positional groups, but Addict better across the board. So, all right. Trader Joe has uh, Teddy B, Joe Burrow, and then the Miami. Quarterback, so Fitzpatrick or Tua. So he's going to have whoever's starting there. So the, the you, it looks like he had, must have had 101, 102, or uh, at least a couple of the top three or four picks there to get Burrow and Tua. Um, that's, that's definitely nice. Rookies, Bridgewater, it does have some familiarity. So, we just don't know how these guys are going to transition. And Fitzpatrick, remember, it's not the same system. Miami did fire their offensive coordinator, so he's got a new system too. Um, but at some point, probably the second half of the season, he'll close that gap having two of those guys versus just one Mahomes. Tight end, he has Kelsey and Mark Andrews. You just don't, you just don't get any better than that. You know, yeah, yeah Higgy, uh, Kittle's great, but. Kelsey and Andrews. That's my that's my number two and number three tight end there.
1: Yeah, he definitely matches, if not beats, Brian's tight ends on that one. I'd say he beats them. Plus,
0: he has you know the upside of Injoku and even Ross Dwelly. If you remember last year, Kittle missed a week, and Ross Dwelly had a had a very nice week. So I do have Jordan
1: Reed though now. Yeah, that's
0: right. The positive there is. Native glass. Jordan goes down. He has Brian's backup. Exactly. Boom. That's how you get him. Running back wise, Cam Akers, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Duke Johnson, Duke, and and a couple other guys there, even DeAndre Washington, Darrell Williams. You know, who knows? Um, Those guys could have a role. Uh Yeah, so I, that running back group.
2: I would say it's it's solid. It's not spectacular. It, if Cam
0: Akers.
1: It has a high ceiling and a low floor. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, James Conner went healthy points per game. Very strong. Very strong. Dalvin Cook, stud. Um, mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, arguably, you know, he's not really a handcuff, but if something happens to Chubb, I mean, Hunt's the guy. And oh, he's a yeah. top five back. Cam Akers going to have a role and could take more. So, I I mean, that's a high grade for me. I love that running back group just because he can mix and match those. Because remember, you only need one, right? Wow. So that changes things. If you need two, it, that's different, but you only need one. So, if, if those guys are just flexes for him and Cook can be that one guy, he's got an advantage over half the teams at least every week in that spot.
2: But looking at his wide receivers, he's, he's going to be starting more than one.
1: Yeah, he's going to be needing those running backs.
0: All right. So Diggs and Hopkins. <laughs> I think those are the only two. Maybe
1: Miko. Well, Miko Hardman. Me- Hardman, maybe if one. If- maybe Hardman. there are
0: return yards
2: in this league. So the return yards help a lot because Hardman, I don't understand the love for him. He wasn't, I mean, go look at how many times he was targeted over the last half of the year. It was less than 10. For the last between weeks eleven and sixteen, it was less than ten targets. I think. Wow. Don't quote me on that.
0: That's not I mean it was it was low.
2: It was very low. Um, but the, the return yards help a lot. Um but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to start at least three, if not four, of those running backs with those wide receivers.
0: I'm gonna send a shout out to uh one of my guys, uh Don V's Don O five. Uh, zero 5 I should say. He's in a, a guillotine league with me, and he joined this crazy league. He says, you know, players get one point for every two rushing receiving yards, and on top of that, they get kick and punt return yards as a point per each yard. Holy. A point yard. Okay, so this is just crazy points is what it is. So he ends up trading Amari Cooper – from Michael Hardman, straight up, <laughs> because Hardman had seven hundred and four return yards last year, which is seven hundred and four fantasy points in this league. And he said the league is just absolutely crushing him. But he's like, I'm, I'm going. I went down a rabbit hole on this, and I'm, I'm going in. So hey, return oh, yards, uh, eco Hardman, let's go. So
2: what you're saying is Devin Hester was the 101.
1: Dante. I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about early two thousands Dante Hall. Oh
0: man, Woo.
1: the human joystick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dante Hall.
1: That's it's an interesting fun. league for sure. That's the way to switch it up.
2: Yeah, you know something
1: a little different, right?
2: I'm, damn it! Now I'm gonna go
0: draft a league like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great! Now we're gonna do another league. Thanks a lot, Don.
2: All um, right. So all right, let's let's uh. I, I let's go
0: through this here. Yes, so of the I'm team team group, team. definitely giving the advantage here to to Brian. Um, quarterbacks early on and, and probably throughout just cause those rookies, you know, probably going to be inconsistent. Um, running back, I think competes and tight end definitely is legit. The, the running back and tight end group is just.
2: Yeah. I, I think I give the edge to Trader Joe because of the, the running back and the tight end and then a little bit the quarterback because he does have three that will actually start. And can mix and match and play the, the matchups, whereas he, Brian, just has Mahomes. So I think that's, I'm a worth that. that's a cutoff for me for Brian.
0: Okay. So we're going to put Brian at four. Yep. And then does that leave Trader Joe top three here? For sure. I mean, he's for sure top three, but between him and um, FF Addict. Yep. We'll do that very quickly here So Addicts has Carson Wentz Matthew Stafford Gardner Minshew Potentially Nick Foles there Um, I'm going to take that group Over the the rookies And Teddy B Um, He has the Never dying Bruce Anderson On the roster there Um, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram Joe Mixon I like that group a lot Keyshawn Vaughn um you know for this year anyway and and Vaughn certainly could jump in earn a role James White always seems to have a role um Justin Jackson could potentially start you know he's got guys he can move in Malcolm Brown same kind of situation so he's definitely got guys he can play every week and plug in um let's see if his wide receiver group Stacks up here: Devonta Adams, John Brown, Jameson Crowder, Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup, C D Lamb, Jarvis Landry, Devonta Park. I mean, I love that wide receiver group. Like, he's got you can play those, you can play all those guys, like all of them. There's no one there that like that you're upset that you have to play all of them. Like, plug them all in, man. Like, pick a running back with a who's getting the volume, you know, mixing throw Mixon in and Fournette and everybody else just wide receivers. Boom, so Evan Ingram when he's healthy, and um, Will Disley,
2: Rob Munkowski,
0: Olsen, Gronk. You've got a couple guys there that that you could potentially plug in. So, so yeah, uh, I I'm gonna I'm taking roster.
1: I think I'm I think gonna
0: this team yeah, easily. Exactly I think he does the clear the clear number uh, two over oh. over Trader Joe. So Trader Joe goes three. One final recap, Super Dupa Flex at 12, Dynasty Junkie at 11, our man Brian, uh, I'm sorry, our man Russ, Dynasty Outhouse at 10, at Stoops 1990 at 9, James the Brain, a DLF guy at number 8, FF Briefcase at 7, Nick Martinez at 6, Fugazi Life at 5, at Brian at 4. FF Trader Joe at three and Dynasty FF Addict at two and our twenty twenty number one ranked team and trade addicts three. Ben Rikas. Dominant dominant roster across the board. Nice job, sir. You've taken the the anticipation out of this one, but man, that is a tip of the hat to you for a hell of a roster you've put together there.
2: He definitely wins the paper champion. It's the prettiest roster by far, yeah. which is all that matters right now. It's having the prettiest roster.
0: That's right. That's right. It's eight months out of the year. That's all that matters. So, should we, get should we this-
1: go over a quick rundown of this roster or just let the people Yeah, that, hey, Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. You, should, you trust should trust us. Wrap it up. <laughs>
2: Ross, go ahead and run down his his roster real quick.
1: So, quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston. Running backs, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Todd Gurley, DeAndre Swift. Wide receiver, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, D.J. Moore, Amari Cooper, D.J. Chark. Uh, I think that's A.J. Brown, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell, Brian Edwards. Curtis Samuel, Nikhil Harry, Brandon Ayuk, tight ends: Darren Waller, T.J. Hawkinson, Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, Cole Komet,
0: and Elbert.
1: Absolutely loaded, top to bottom, unbelievable. He he it's made like two teams merge together on this one.
0: He has three fives, and I've never in all the leagues we've done, all the That's teams, never had a team. You shut your mouth. With three fives
2: go grade my team
0: in the yeah. 316 again. Yeah. excluding any of our leagues. Yeah. Um and so to that's we'll kind of wrap that up there uh for the sake of time. But basically, you know, realizing that when we do these, we're doing the podcast will be for the league. We're not just doing them out to the public for anyone. I mean, why do you care about somebody else's league, you know? But we just kind of want to give you an idea of what that what that looks like. And if we were doing the full roast, we would go a little bit deeper into um, really breaking it down further, getting into future draft picks, um, you know, making some recommendations, you know, just just really getting a little bit deeper into it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's essentially the dynasty roast. And it's it's definitely a lot of fun. We get into some heated arguments, uh, especially in our our own leagues, everybody uh, in the leagues just can't wait every time. Like we finish a draft today. Finally, I wonder what are you doing the breakdown? When are you, are you guys still doing one? Or are you going to do the breakdown? When are you doing it? You know, everybody's all over us to get to do it. So uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. Reach out to us. Um, Dynasty roast show at gmail.com or, you know, just reach out to any of us on Twitter or, you know, in any of our leagues or, you know, whatever. And uh, it's just, Fun stuff, man. We'll make it happen. Okay. We're going to get this thing finally wrapped up here with the traditional category. Trade addicts trades. We have a bunch of trade addicts trades. The last couple of weeks, it's been a little light on activity, but man, this, this week exploded. There's so many trades that happen here. Um, and definitely a few that are very relevant to what's going on. So uh, In all Trade Addicts leagues, again, it's Superflex, tight end premium, 1.75 PPR, and return yards in all of them except Trade Addicts 1. And so our first trade is, in fact, from Trade Addicts 1, so no return yards here. But this, this trade was massively lopsided on a trade calculator, not that we necessarily care, just an interesting point here. Because of who is involved, those values may change quite a bit. Uh, side 1. Antonio Gibson, Hollywood Brown, a 22 first. Four Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, a 22 second and a 22 fourth. So to me, this is like I I thought initially I was I was leaning one way and without any recent news affecting me. I'm not even sure that it really swings that way. So I was kind of shocked to see the trade calculator be, uh, um, I, I mean, more than double the value, like two and a half times, almost three times value. In fact, the DLF trade calculator
2: for the MEM side,
0: no, the Brown side, the Gibson side, five fifty one. The MEM side
1: was two hundred nine point five,
0: almost really three times the value.
1: I mean, ETC and- calculator the- is actually a little bit uh, closer, actually. So. 29 and a half to 23. So still in favor of the Gibson side, but not nearly as a big margin. I'm
0: thinking that there's just been some adjustments with, you know, with the AG use yeah. and all the, uh, rocket ship that he's currently on there. Um, but certainly, you know, Hollywood, if you kind of just break this down, I mean, Hollywood for, for Mims or Pittman. And you know, that's fairly close. I'll probably take Hollywood over either one of those guys, but it's not, it's not that far off. Um, even if you break it down to Hollywood in a first for Mims and Pittman in a second, like that's, that's there. So I guess it, it really just depends on where you're at with Gibson. That's why this trade's interesting for you guys, because I know you, <laughs> you got <guys laughs> value. So that's why we need your opinions on this. So, you know, Mick, what do you think on this one?
2: That's tough for me because uh I think Marquise Brown's massively undervalued right now. Um, but I also think Mims and Pittman, they weren't undervalued coming out of the draft. They're starting to be undervalued again now. Um so those are those are the three guys that I'm actually trying to buy right now. Uh, Gibson's not just because he's so overvalued. Um, you get that twenty two first in there. I, I kind of lean that way just because I love having firsts. Um, this is one where I, to me, I, I don't know if I'd make the trade if I was either side, just because to me, it's that close. Um, I think Marquise Brown, who, well, it's TA one. So returning errors doesn't count. Um, I think Marquise Brown can be a wide receiver or two pretty easily this year. Um, he was coming back from that foot injury last year, uh, which slowed his slowed his, um, slowed his uptake of the offense down quite a bit. Um, I mean, that if he just continued on the pace that he had the first week, he would be the number one wide receiver. Small sample size, I know. But even if he does half of that through half of the games, he's a wide receiver one. Um, so I guess I would lean that way. Um, but I – for me, it's a toss-up, and Gibson doesn't really matter to me in this trade. He's a whatever to me, which is going to bug Ross. But
1: I, no, I mean that's fine. I, I yeah. think this one's actually pretty close as well. Um, you know, I lean the Gibson and Hollywood side. I'm not, I'm not as big on Hollywood as as you guys seem to be. But the way I look at it, you know, Hollywood and the 2022 first for the two wide receivers. I think that's probably pretty close. And so then I, you know, I'm looking at Antonio Gibson for a 2022 20, second and a fourth, and I'll take Gibson all day on that side of it. So I would lean the Gibson side and Marquise Brown, especially for 2020, 2020, 21. I think Mims and Pippen will probably make up that gap pretty, pretty good. So long term, if you're rebuilding, I'd take the receivers. But if you're looking at, you know, right now and then get that extra first, I, I would take the Gibson and Marquise Brown side.
0: Yeah, um, I was. The main reason I brought up the calculator was just I was just shocked that it was. Um,
2: that I'm surprised it's that far off.
0: The difference, but I think Antonio Gibson. The problem is he was at a 72.4, and then basically overnight he went to a 175.
1: Oh, so it's even more stark. Actually, I use DTC more often just to kind of look at stuff, and he was a 2.5, and now he's a 9.5 on here. So
0: four times over, four times value jump overnight.
1: Wow. That's incredible. And this is also the guys that uh, changed his comp to Joe Mixon recently, so if that tells you anything.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, Mixon is a little taller, so I, I guess body
2: wise, I can see it, but yeah, Gibson's yeah.
0: a lot more explosive. It's, I mean, it's not
2: that not that Mixon's not, but
0: man, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Um, I don't know. Final final verdict for me, oh, man. I guess I'm, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the receivers side. Give me Mims and Pittman. Um, the difference at this point, we're gonna play two full seasons before we get to those twenty two picks. So between a first and a second, whatever. And so Mims and Pittman. I do like Hollywood. I, I think he's a value right now. He's a good buy. Um, but I don't know. I'll, I'll go. I'll go receivers on that one kind
1: of surprisingly I think it's a good trade you know it's hard to tell who you think you know it's not obvious so I think it's a good trade
0: I think this is one of those times where you go to the trade calculator if you find those guys find those one or two guys in your league that really value what the trade calculator tells them and send them this screenshot with Gibson's value and go (laughs) buy whatever player you like on their roster that's what I would do there um, all right. The next, uh, next trade is from Trade Addicts 3. We actually have a bunch from that one. So let's, um, let's do one here. This one I, I do want to get into because Justin and I talked about Cam Newton on the last podcast and I kind of got some crap for it from, from some of the listeners. So, uh, let's see if I can redeem myself a little bit here. So the trade is a 21 first and a 21 second for Cam Newton. Lamical. Lamical P. Ryan and Van Jefferson. And, um, you know, shout out to, uh, the dynasty rewind guys there for, uh, Lamical P Ryan. I will forever call him Lamical. Uh, thanks Michael Bauer. But anyway, 21 first, 21 second for Cam Newton, Lamical P Ryan and Van Jefferson. Ross, where you at on this one?
1: Um, just looking at it in a vacuum, I think I would take the Cam side, but I could see the reasoning for the pick side if you're if you're rebuilding, just wanting to sell Cam for what you could. Um, it's just kind of tough, you know, in superflex, super flex, what is Cam worth right now? He he could be worth a, a first to somebody that thinks he's going to bounce back and be closer to the Cam of old. Um, and so then you're just giving up a second for Van Jefferson and Michael Piron. And I, I don't know, Van Jefferson being, you know, the, the technician route runner that he is, I think he's – He's kind of getting some helium under him. I have seen that he's he's rising up draft board. So I think the value's on the cam side, but I, I could definitely see it if you if you're just looking to gain picks and a rebuild.
0: So this might be another one where you pull out the trade calculator and you know try to find that guy in your league because this one actually has the value of three forty four point seven for the pick side to two oh six point seven for the Newton side. And I think the reason is just like you said, we don't really know where Newton's at at this point. And, you know, I, I guess part of learning and growing and becoming a better fantasy player is listening to the opinions of those that you, you trust and respect and, um, and pivoting when, when necessary. So, I mean, yeah, it's great to have a stance, but like, don't dig yourself a hole. If you get new information, Um, it's, it's okay to change your viewpoint if you get new information and change your mind. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with cam. Like I, I was last podcast with Justin. I was basically just like, so excited that Newton signed with Patriots. So I can literally get anything for him because I just (laughs) want to get rid of him. Um, and I think, I guess it's just because personally, I don't like Cam Newton like as a person I don't like him and I don't want to root For him and I have zero interest in Him and so I think I'm just Letting that affect my fantasy value too Much um, because Like you said Ross when you just Break this down it's basically Newton for a First and uh, a guy That I actually really like uh, Van Jefferson Here for a second and Van I mean you're getting a little bit there I guess if you add in P Ryan you're not Really uh, but Van's a guy you're Getting pretty much in the third round in in most rookie drafts this year, he's an older rookie, and he's gonna. The Rams have a lot of success with those older rookies. You know, think Cooper Cup obviously it comes to mind right there. Is twenty four year old rookie. Same thing with Van. You know, a little bit older, a little bit more mature, uh, a good route runner, and so uh, McVay is gonna put him in the best position to succeed. So I'm probably would I give up the picks? Uh, to get those players, I probably wouldn't. Um, but at the same time, I'm learning from, you know, what what I said about Cam previously, and, and I'm going to say that I would not uh, take those picks for him. I'll probably wait it out a little bit and see if we can get some more news out of it and uh, try to try to get a little bit more. Either maybe utilize him in my lineup um, or sell him for more. Once things roll around because I think a first is is probably fair right now Because we don't really know anything but maybe there's a chance that I get more For him and I can probably hold on to him and and wait it out a little bit Because he he could end up being there like three years right like what is to Preclude preclude him from being from signing a, an extension there you know so uh Nick where do you where do you stand on this if I needed a quarterback
2: I take The campsite obviously um, You're fine paying.
0: You're fine paying that. You're oh, gonna yeah. give up a second and put your yeah. hopes I and mean, dreams of the season on Cam Newton.
2: If Cam's healthy, all he's ever been is a, a QB, a top five QB. If if he's playing and healthy, there's no reason that he's not gonna be that again, or even just a top twelve QB. I'll pay a first round pick for a 12, a top twelve QB in a superflex all day long. Even if I don't need him, I can flip him for twice that in two, two weeks when he's delivering top-12 QB numbers. Um, and then Van Jefferson and Mike P. Ryan for a second. I'll take that all day as well. Um, so, yeah, i I'd definitely go Cam and P. Ryan.
0: All right, well, that, that was easy. All right, another trade here um, from let's, I want to, I want to jump to this one really quick while we're talking about quarterbacks. Uh, this is also trade addicts three. Um, this is Ben Roethlisberger for Kendrick Bourne and a 21 second. So essentially, you know, a second for big Ben. Uh, I will pay that all day in a super flex league, any league, anywhere, anytime. I don't even care if I'm not competing. Like I'll, I think I can get more when he comes out and shows he's healthy. All accounts mm-hmm. right now is that he's healthy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm paying a second for, for Big Ben all day.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I don't think that one really is debatable.
1: I think this is a case where someone doesn't like Ben as a person and just want to get rid of him. <laughs> this is Sounds you trading weird. Cam Newton. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'll take a second in Kendrick Bourne.
2: I'll take the second and cut Kendrick Bourne.
1: Really? Okay. No, I'm saying if this is you trading like Cam Newton that's or someone you don't like, like, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's I don't want hard. this guy. I'm try to push it off on you.
0: All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. To me, this is I'll take. Just give me a Big bang. Give me a quarterback and super flex. And like any quarterback for a second, basically. I mean, you other than true.
2: Oh. <laughs> um,
0: all right. So this this remember is tight end premium 1.75 PPR. So we have Tyler Higby. A 21 first and third for Debo Jones fracture himself, Jay Sternberger, and then a 22 second. That one, uh, is like dead even in the trade calculator, interestingly enough. And for me, there's risk on both sides and I have not made up my mind, uh, in this moment. Change my mind. One of you.
1: I I would say I would probably lean Debo side. I think it is pretty fair. Um, You can make an argument for either side, Uh, unless you think Debo is just going to fall off from that Jones fracture. But I'm also pretty high on Sternberger. Um, I think he's a wide receiver playing tight end, so he could be that number two target for the Packers as soon as this year. So, And a tight end premium, I like him uh, enough to the gap from Higby's end of last season, um, obviously if Higby keeps that up, I mean, it, it's not even close, um, you know, in a, in a premium league, that's probably the way to go. But I just don't trust that higby's going to be that guy all year in 2020.
2: I think I'm, I'm going to go to the Higby side. I think if you want to, De- I think Debo's going to take at least five to six weeks to come back um, and maybe even longer than that to start playing like he did at the end of last season. Um, so you can probably buy him back cheaper later on if you wanted to. Um, but I do think Higby's going to continue to do what he did at the end of last year. Um, I didn't for a really long time. I was not into buying Higby this offseason, um, but recently I looked up some, some information from earlier in the season um, because I was under the belief that Gerald Everett was breaking out before he got hurt, um, and he was. But he actually, the first couple of weeks of the season, Higby was playing better than him, but then got hurt himself. And then Everett started having his good games, got hurt, and then Higby came back and was healthy and just tore it up the last half of the year. Um, so I'd, I'd lean Higby and the first, um, which to me, if that first is even a top five first in a super flex or even a top half of the league first, in a super flex to me is worth more than Debo at this point. Um, That might seem like a hot take, but you have three quarterbacks and then at least two to three wide receivers, and then you throw uh, Travis Etienne in there. There's at least six to seven guys that I would take over Debo in next year's class right now. Yep. So, I mean, you give me that, and then obviously I'm going to take Higby over Sternberg in the 22 second. Um, So I'd go that way personally.
0: Who's yeah, so convincing? the first and the third over Debo and Higby over Sternberger in the second. Kind of breaking that down. Um, yeah, the thing for me is that I, I personally love Debo so much. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Loved him in college. Just love watching him play wide receiver. And the problem is that Jones fracture because statistically it's it is unlikely that he returns to form or could ever be a superstar with a long career. Um, it's to me, there's just not, the risk is too much on that because statistically, if he can't return, I mean, he's still very young and he definitely could recover. It's, it's possible. It's not like he's guaranteed to not recover. Um, it's just that, that injury is, is devastating for um, skill position players. Anyone that needs to cut and, you know, put a lot of pressure on their foot like that. It just scares me too much. And so Jay Sternberger to me, um, I, I like him enough, but the issue is that offense and there's just like no volume in it. They want to run. They drafted AJ Dillon cause they want to run. And every year I feel like we go through this like every year or two, it's like, you know, the next receiver in green Bay, it's like Martell is Bennett. And then like, you know, there was Jimmy Graham and there was, you know, fifteen guys, if you go back and look, it's like, oh, this is Aaron Rodgers has never had a tight end like this, and like every year we say that and it's like and and nothing ever happened. So um, you know, I know Jimmy Graham was toast and we don't get that because of the name, but just look back every year or two there's a guy that a tight end that goes to Green Bay and like, Oh, the Green Bay's never had a tight end like this. And they never do anything so i I know that offense does utilize a tight end he's going to be like a Johnny Smith basically um it you know how he was a couple of years ago Delaney Walker uh, is the the proof from what what comes out of that offense but he's not Delaney Walker and he's not even Johnny Smith so i I don't I'll take Higby I'll take Higby over Sternberger and I'll take the first over Debo so I'm gonna go Higby side on that one
1: I'm going to stick with Debo, but just one point on the Higby. Um, I just think the offense might change. He won't be as good, but he is under contract, and Everett is a free agent next year. So I think he H- did Higby's match. locked in there for the tight end of the Rams.
0: Everybody wants to keep talking about Everett was the first pick of the McVay area and all that, and he's a great pass catcher, and, and definitely that is the case. But Higby's the one who got the contract extension. So, yeah, great great point, Ross. Um, All right, let's hit up uh, these last few here. So, still in trade addicts 3 we have Devontae parker and a 22 4th for dj dallas a 22 1st and a 22 3rd uh, I'm I'm going to just go ahead and and take the I'm going to take the devonte parker one, side one. even though I don't like Devontae parker necessarily but he's basically the only show in town right now because preston williams is coming off that ACL. I don't think he's going to be ready necessarily week one. He might be out on the field, but I don't think he's going to be ready. DJ Dallas, uh, I like fine enough for being a late-round running back. I mean, he's definitely going to have a shot in Seattle. We know Pete Carroll is going to just let the best man play, and and I like what DJ Dallas brings to the table, and I could certainly see him having a role there in Seattle over the next few years. But I think I can probably get more for Parker. I mean, you're getting a 22 first. Um I, I think I can get probably a 21 first for him right now, if, if not in the near future. So uh, I will just take the Parker for, for the, from the pure standpoint of value. And, and just, I I think I can get more for him, um, you know, later on in the season, if I, if I don't need him to compete and I want to sell him, you know, maybe I can get a, a 21 first and a third or, or first and a second, maybe even depending on, how it works out. So I'm going to
1: take Parker there.
2: 100% agree. Yeah. I think
1: we're all in agreement on that one. Well, that's boring.
2: Well, I mean, taking a first two years out, even if you're rebuilding, you're waiting two years, the opportunity costs that you're losing on that pick. I mean, if it was next year, then maybe I'd consider it, but you're, you're having to wait two years to make that pick and potentially three years for that player to make any impact on your team. That's if you hold the, the that pick, and it's not going to be at its peak value for another two years. So even if you're planning on trading it, ideally you would wait two years to trade it, and it's you're just wasting you're wasting time, you're delaying your rebuild. Honestly, by trading for picks two years out. Uh, now, if you're getting like four firsts two years out, sure, sure fine, go for that. But just getting one. I don't see the point in doing that.
0: Yeah, I agree. If that was a 21 first, I'll take that. But being a 22 first, it's, a, it's enough to push me back to the Parker side.
1: Yeah, and if you are rebuilding, you know, why not wait a few weeks in the season, get some good weeks, and then get an earlier pick instead mm-hmm. of trading them before the season for the 22 to pick.
0: All right, Trade Addicts 6. couple trades there. Last ones to finish this out. This, this is a good one. Um, Darren Waller. Again, 1.75 PPR. Darren Waller and a 21 fifth for Michael Gallup. Darren Waller for Michael Gallup. Basically straight up. There's a fifth there, but basically straight up. Uh, this, this might be the one rare case where I'm going to take Waller because of that, that tight end premium. And I still think he's going to be a big part of that offense, even though they have a lot more weapons and I'm completely all out on Waller. I've been selling whatever shares I had of him. And I actually think I don't have any left at this point. And I do like Gallup, but I'm just going to say in this scoring system for right now, for this year, I'm going to, I'm going to take Waller and I'm going to see if either I can compete with him, Um or if not, Maybe I can try to get a little more than Gallup to a team that, you know, loses a tight end at some point or, you know, what underperforms or whatever. I think Gallup, uh, I think while they're still going to have a good enough year, uh, that I can try to get a little bit more than, than Gallup. And worst case scenario, I think you could still get Gallup, you know, a little bit later on. So that's, what, that's where I stand on that.
2: I don't want to agree with you because it's boring, but. I, I don't want to give bad advice either. So in this scoring which <laughs> is format, I'd, I'd have to give go with Darren Waller. If it was just standard scoring, I'd go Gallup. I think he's – I just agree. Because, just because C.D. Lamb's in town doesn't mean Gallup's not going to have the same role he did last year. Uh, they lost a ton of targets with Witten and Cobb leaving town. Uh, even if C.D. has 1,000 yards, Gallup can still have 1,000 yards. Um,
0: Do you think Gallup could be the number one in that offense?
2: I think so. I think it's possible. Right. Uh, I, I mean, Amari's inconsistent um, and injury-prone. I I don't know. I would say injury-prone. He's injury-adjacent. Um,
1: there's, there's locker room issues there, too, that we don't hear about. There's something going on. As a Cowboys fan, you see it where he's sitting on the sidelines on big plays. There – I think Gallup long-term is the better play here, but for this trade right now, I'd take Waller as well, but I could definitely see a scenario where it's the Lamb and Gallup show 2021 on. I just think you get Gallup cheaper later in the year, though, so I don't think I'd pay this much for him right now, so I'd take the Waller side.
2: Yeah, especially in this, with this scoring.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah, I agree. All right, so the last one here we have, um, this is actually another good one here. So I, I think, if you look at this, all right, so I guess I should tell you what it is. The trade is um, Jarvis Landry and Robert Woods, basically two guys that are always undervalued because they always show up and play and are consist- consistent week-to-week, high floor. Robert Woods has some touchdown regression coming. So two very solid wide receivers. for Cortland Sutton, David Njoku, and the 22-second. Um, I'm, I'm going to say that I think Njoku is one of those guys for me right now that I'm buying because he's going to be out of Cleveland probably next year. He's going to be gone. He might have an opportunity somewhere else like Dallas, maybe, um, to come out and, and have a, a role as that athletic tight end. And I love me some Cortland Sutton. So if I'm, if I'm, this is the simple, simple one for me. If I'm contending, it's Landry and Woods all day. And if I'm rebuilding, it's Sutton and Joku in a second. That's easy, easy divider line for me on that one.
2: I think yeah. for me, either way, I'm taking Landry and Woods. I think uh, Sutton's going to struggle this year Um, with Locke. I mean, Locke did okay in his last couple games that he started, but Sutton didn't really deliver like he was at the start of the year. Um, So I think his value is going to dip. Njoku, I, I feel like you can get him cheaper than this. Really, to me, he's a throw-in in this deal. Um, to me, this deal is Landry and Woods for Sutton, which Sutton in a second, I guess, which is an overpay, in my opinion, especially because that second is a twenty twenty two second. second. Um, so I, I'd go Landry and Woods, regardless of if you're competing or not.
1: Yeah, I think I would tend to agree with Mick on this one. Um, I think the production you get from Jarvis year in, year out, is probably what you kind of hope for Sutton to do. Uh, obviously, he could have higher upside if Locke puts it together, but I think it's just two underrated wide receivers um, that are just kind of locked in. And Joku, he has those issues with the drops. I'm not really sure he's ever going to do more than he has. He could go somewhere else. and I don't know. I, I just think he's a you know, freak athlete. Um, his athleticism is through the roof, but when you can't drop, you can't catch the ball, and you're not getting on the snaps, and you know your team can't rely on you. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be much more than he is now. So I, I would take the uh, the solid floor with Landry and, and Robert Woods. Uh, and I, I fully
2: understand wanting to try and get out from Landry and Woods because they are both 28. If if you're rebuilding, they are both 28, um, which is the point where their value is going to drop even more just because of the age concerns. Um, but I think you can sell them for more. Um, personally, just last week I sold uh, Chubb and Landry for Gallup and Dalvin Cook, um, which to me, that I loved that deal. Um, but I just don't go try to buy a, a top-tier wide receiver that Cortland Sutton is considered right now, go try to get a Gallup or even a Stefan Diggs. I bet you, you could do Jarvis Landry in a third for Stefan Diggs right now, just because people are concerned that he's not going to do well in uh, Buffalo, which not that Diggs is much younger than Jarvis, but once he delivers, people will be back on the, the Stefan Diggs hype train. So,
0: I think Diggs is going to have a a little bit of an inconsistent maybe down year this year, but long-term I like him for a 21. So he's a guy I would try to maybe buy in season or trade deadline or even next, next, uh, non-point scoring season. But I totally get the, the floor and the consistency of those receivers. And I I like them very much for competing teams. Absolutely. Um, and I guess I see your point. You're saying you can get more, um, you know, okay. Yeah. If you think you can get more in a rebuild, but I'm, um, I don't think it's a horrible return by any means. Cause I'm, I'm all in on Sutton though. Like he's, he's one of my, he's one of my guys. So for me, that's probably skewing it a little bit there. But again, these, these 22 picks, I mean, how many trades today have we talked about 22 picks? Like what is, what is up with that?
1: Well, the other thing, too, is 2022 is so far away that you have two years to try to get those picks back. So, I mean, if you can get some value for you, 2020 now, send them away. And, you know, in two years, hey, I can start trading my guys that are two years older and get some of those picks back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right,
0: fellas. Well, we did have some listener questions. I do appreciate um, everybody that reached out and and asked those. We will keep them on the sheet for future shows, no doubt. We will definitely circle back to them, and I will certainly try to reach out to you myself, too, and uh, get you some some feedback on those. Uh, We definitely appreciate that. Thank you very much but we are going on two hours here. And I mean, the three of us, we have done multiple three hour plus podcasts and we will not do that to you guys. So, uh, you know, if you've stuck with us this long, thank you. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) that is, that is awesome. Um, I'm going to do my, uh, my normal, uh, spiel here for Patreon, patreon.com slash trade addicts, part of the DAP network. Uh, come join us man the the patrons are awesome so many great people you can as always uh see bobby Koch and i get into the weirdest arguments and you know constantly disagreeing on things um you know mostly because i'm wrong but you know whatever and you know it's just it's just fun and there's different tiers so just come check it out i guarantee you will not be disappointed um Mick, as always, the trade master himself, always great to have you on doing podcasts with you man It's always awesome ross got to pop your cherry here on
1: trade cherry X, popped man. Cherry yeah.
0: popped awesome man awesome so thank thanks for uh jumping on tonight with me thanks for doing another spend another two hours of your life with me <laughs> <laughs> as we always seem to do and um uh, as our good friend Mr. Outhouse would say, that's the end of our show sheet. So that's the end of our show. Good night, Mick. Good night, Ross. Night,
2: Scott. Night, Ross. Good night.
0: Thank you for listening to the Afraida Addict podcast. Please remember to follow our host. Please review, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening
2: and see you next time.